Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Black Moon Pod. I'm your host, Matt McLaughlin. This is the podcast, a.k.a. the Sixer Suicide Watchlist Podcast. Uh, <laughs> I think that's how we're going to do this, Jude. Uh, I'm welcome. Pleasure oh. to welcome in a new co-host, Jude Wozniak. Jude. Oh, I Thank you so much of for course. inviting me. I of course. It. Dude, when you're <laughs> sexy, clean-shaven face, how can I not? How can I not? Uh, so, yeah, coming off. Well, how long have you been a Sixers fan? My whole life. There's not been one second that I have not been a Sixers fan. I remember my first game was an Andre Iguodala night where they gave us just a, a figurine of him, and I would always just have him standing up with the ball up in the air pretending he was dunking. Oh, absolutely. So just... Iggy was – well, I was telling – I was talking with someone. I said this on an earlier podcast. I was like, the Sixers haven't really had a guy like Joel Embiid, like, since AI. Mm-hmm. And, like, it hit me. I was like, our whole lives have been, like – the Iguodala's cannonball, the, the, the Isaiah Cannon, nine and seventy-three team, the, fight, the Evan Turners, the Thaddeus the Youngs, Michael Carter Williams. He was going to be the next one up, uh, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the Sixers, who every time, every time, it's like shed it's, a tear. It's like it's like a girl. It's like a girl that you see like in high school and you're graduating and you're like. I've uh, you've just I got a been, shot with them. You've been you them. yeah. It's like I got a shot, but they're they're kind of coughed right now. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the opportunity. Wait for the floodgates to open. You wait. They you just, they're just staying close. <laughs> you wait for the DM floodgates to open, <laughs> and then and then you finally you go to college for a little bit. You kind of work on yourself, and then they show interest in you. They and start they start doing some nice things, some interest back and forth. They start just... they start talking. They start sending <laughs> the little hearts on the text message bubbles, and then all of a sudden you go, hey, can we get some lunch? And then they're like, ah, no, my boyfriend wouldn't like that. That is how I feel about the Philadelphia 76ers, <laughs> to put in a very long-winded way. I, they're down 2-1 to one in this series. They, they lose last night, and Jalen Brown goes off for 23. Jason Tatum does his thing. Al Horford. He was quiet until the end and step back three, knife in the heart. But Dude, Jason Tatum's a clutch dude. No matter what you can say, like, yeah, he struggles against the Sixers. Averages, now his average is up to, like, 19 points per game against the Sixers. Before this series, I think it was like 16. And he it's had actually seven. worse than I thought it was. Exactly. He had seven last game. Uh, so, like, I people want to press panic. Well, what, what are your takeaways from this game? I'm not pressing panic yet, and we'll talk about, like, a player standpoint for me. But it definitely is a worry. They need to win game four. That's just a given. Because um, I think that we've already seen the ability to win in Boston. Uh, they've had the ability to go and win big games. We've seen this team rattle off wins. It's just the injury standpoint, which I think the TV and all the media is milking the Joel injury. He looked great. I mean, yeah. he didn't really grab his knee yesterday. I mean, his one injury was him landing on his tailbone after curb stomping Grant Williams. Which has been a long time coming in Grant Williams' oh, life, yes, not just yes. in his career, but just his life. Yeah, I'm not pressing the panic button, though. I mean, it is so hard to support anything after last night. Yeah. But I, I'm calmed down a little bit. I think today, like, since it's been a day or a, a 12 hours roughly since, <laughs> like, I really am kind of calmed down because I'm like, okay, it's a two-to-one series lead. Joel played At, great. Joel played great. The Harden, only player that played well. So, like, I, I, everyone's going to want to talk about the Harden thing, right? Harden shoots. He's been 5 for 28 in his last two games. It's like a 17%. Uh, field goal percentage. It's the worst two-game stretch of his career, regardless of regular season or playoffs. How many times is that going to happen again in this series? Hopefully, I'm never. not. I'm not saying no. Yeah, I, but I'm saying like for him to have the worst stretch of his career, you mean to tell me that the guys aren't going into either the next practice or the next film session, and they're like, 
dude, you're our guy. This isn't you. You're just going through a rough stretch. Just keep shooting. And honestly, I think a whole nother, what, day, two days, because they play Sunday by the time this comes out. And then they have a three-day rest or two-day rest for going into game five. Yeah. So I think a whole, like, relatively weekend media cycle is actually going to help Harden because mm-hmm. he's going to be looking at all these guys being like, I know I want to shut everyone up. Like, it's just a reminder of, like, I want to shut everyone up. Let me get back to what I was doing in game one. And people want to, like, throw out, like, throw out the game one lineup in there. I'm sorry, but, like, that defense, the way that defense was playing in game one was atrocious. And if it wasn't for, like, four Paul Reed free throws <laughs> and a, a Marcus Smart blunder on the last second play, th- that game may turn out a lot differently. And it's not necessarily yeah. the same guaranteed success. It's, it's I love Philly fans to death. Sometimes, but other times, this is one of those days where they really piss me off because it's like fire Glenn, fire fire Doc, trade Harden. What are we doing? And then like so, one dummy will bring up the trade Joel possibility, and I'm like, can I wrap this microphone cord around your neck? Like that's what I want to do. <laughs> there is the one NBC Philly uh, post on Twitter of the one guy trade fire Glenn, trade Harden, trade Joel. I'm not saying to trade Joel, but trade Joel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm exactly. Like, Come on, like it's not, and I don't. People want to throw the blame on Doc, and I'm like. I thought Doc, he coached well. He coached well. Daniel House spotting. Didn't see that coming towards the end of the first <laughs> half. And also, like, there's just so many things that could have gone wrong that did go wrong, and I don't – it's still only a two-to-one series lead. There were stretches, even down to the fourth quarter, like less than five minutes ago, the Sixers were clawing back into this game. And you mean to tell me that a couple of foul calls don't call that way, go the Sixers' way, especially with Scott Foster on this game. As soon as I saw his gelled gray hair, I was like, oh, dear God, it's it. Game over. I saw him in the first quarter, too, and I texted our group chat. I was like, Scott Foster masterclass in <laughs> Absolutely. So bad. He's so bad. And I don't – For I think it was – I saw four of the five bench players for the Sixers didn't attempt a single free throw. You mean to tell me that doesn't change come, like, game four, game five? Like Niang getting hacked, going inside the paint, which we Ni- never see him go inside the Dude, paint. Niang was a dog. I love he Niang. He turned it up when you needed points when Jarrell was off. He was playing perimeter defense, like, solid perimeter <laughs> defense on Jason Tatum. That is – I could not have – no one could have predicted that. Better than what Tobias did. <laughs> Seriously, Tobias was gone. Like, as Stephen A. Smith says, like, put out an APB for Tobias Harris. It wasn't his fault necessarily because I think three – early fouls really messed up his groove which yeah he's been able to get into a groove very early and we saw as soon as he came off the bench he immediately hit a bucket in that second quarter he came off the bench with like 40 seconds in for some reason i don't know why doc just didn't start him in the second quarter but uh he came in and immediately hit a bucket and then same thing in the third quarter he came back in immediately hit a bucket so like there's trying those those are the things that you get out of your groove because you're on the bench so long because he had four fouls going into, like, halfway through the third quarter. And Doc's like, well, we need him down the stretch, so he has to be on the bench right now. Yeah. It abs- hurts. Absolutely. So, I yeah, I mean, and looking at the Celtics, like, I know that the Celtics are one of the deepest teams in the league. My buddy, my buddy Timmy, who's on the podcast sometimes, he doesn't buy into the Celtics. He thinks that's a Celtics that's sting. crazy. Right? And I'm that like, crazy. I'm, he's like – He's like, I'm paraphrasing a lot of our text exchange where he doesn't necessarily, he thinks Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are really good players, but he doesn't, he doesn't think that they're at the same tier as like a Steph, a KD, Devin Booker that we're seeing right now. And I'm kind of looking at Jalen Brown and I'm like, really? Yeah. I maybe the Tatum conversation at the moment because he hasn't yeah. played well, he, but, but he, he will go through stretches in, in his defense and Timmy's defense. He is right. Like T- Tatum will go through stretches where he will disappear from games. Completely, as we saw in game one, game two. 
Um, and are we really going to see Al Horford hit five three five out of seven? He started threes? off so well, missing threes for Sixers fans, and then just snap back to reality. There's the Al Horford Sixer killer that we all know and love. I mean, yeah. even in game two, he was what one for five from three, which is what probably kept them in the game for the longest time. He was really shooting them out. Uh, and then the third quarter, Malcolm Brogdon, which they got for a package of pennies, which is stupid. Uh, he just starts hitting threes. And every time he shoots the ball, especially in Philly yesterday, I just knew it was going in. But yeah. It's, Horford, he somehow just decides to make shots whenever they're not needed for Philly fans. No, absolutely. He couldn't do that when he was on the Sixers. And now that he's off the Sixers, all of a sudden he's like fucking Kyle Stole Corbin. $105 million. Yeah. Really. <laughs> he really did. He really did. And I just don't. Maybe this is the optimist in me, but I just don't see that type of performance happening I don't again. Like, and Derek White kind of looked like similar to the Derek White that we've seen this earlier this season. Brogdon is always you got to be careful with him, but I'm like, I think that let's look at Game Four. I see a Game Four where Harden is much more aggressive. I would like the Sixers to pick up the tempo. We talked. We talked about Tyrese. When Tyrese is trying to get going from the perimeter, that's when he's really none. He's at his worst. He's at his worst. When he's getting, when you're picking up the tempo and he's getting out on the fast break and he's like flying into the that first row, photographers and fans, and he's getting those <laughs> those layups. That's where he gets hot. That's where he gets going. And if the Sixers can pick that up next game, and maybe hopefully Doc can do a more balanced approach where. Uh, he uses more of the game one lineup, and Melton and Paul Reed get more minutes because, like, Paul Reed only getting nine minutes a game in this. That was game. questionable. Definitely, it, it was questionable, and I understand like it's Joel Embiid. You play him as much as you can, but Joel was gassed, man. He's gassed, and I, if I'm Doc, I'm like, all right, first chance I get to pull Joel, if it's like obviously if it's like the three minute quarter, three minute mark, whatever. No, obviously not. But if it's like into like four to five minutes left in the quarter and Joel's looking gassed and he's got sweat dripping from his beard onto the hardwood. Maybe pull what him. Did you, what did you call – what did you say he looked like yesterday? He uh, looked like someone dumped the Gatorade. Yeah. Uh, the after Gatorade cool After they won the Super Bowl. That's, it's, I was like, is no one – but I, honestly, Doc didn't have a chance because Joel keeps getting to the line. So yeah. there's that. And I would like to see Doc kind of be more balanced with the substitution patterns and maybe Paul Reed gets in more and then that changes the tempo and stuff like that. That's my number one, like, hard and aggressiveness, pick up tempo, let's kind of run more, get easy transition buckets. Well, after the first game, Doc and them said, we have a bunch of dogs on this team. You did not see dogs on this team in that second, third quarter stretch when Joel wasn't in, even sometimes when Joel was in. I mean, they're not going for any defensive rebounds. How many offensive rebounds in that fourth quarter specifically did Tatum just take away? Because yeah. nobody cared. Um, I texted you, Mac, all these people that we're friends with that we talk about the Sixers games all the time. Melton looks like the only guy that cares when Embiid isn't in. I mean, yeah, Harden definitely is trying sometimes, but he was scared. 0 for 5 in the paint uh, going into the halfway through the he third was, quarter or whatever. He was so rattled. And he was rattled. And you saw points where he had a wide-open floater and he just dished it over to the corner. And that's what I was also talking about with you. Like He had some really offline passes that we don't usually see. And then you have the no-look pass into the corner to P.J. Tucker for his third three of the game, which I was like, wow, that's – beautiful i don't understand where that's been all dude game. i wrote this down that was that was pj tucker's first game with three plus threes since april 4th when joel Embiid <laughs> had 52 or 57 or whatever and then this that was his second game all season hitting three threes 
I mean, they what? Were they were what? Thirteen and one with him not scoring any points this year. So, yeah, I know. Like, it's not only like, yeah, to yeah, score, yeah, yeah. but like those threes were huge for them even staying in this game yesterday. And that's what he did so well in Milwaukee. They sat him in the corner, and Harden probably said something. I remember him saying, "Get him out of the dunker spot to Doc." Like yeah. sitting in the corner. And since that game against the um, Bucks and the Celtics, when they put him in that uh, corner three spot, he's been much better outside. He's looked a lot more comfortable. He hasn't had to do any like dribble through the legs and step back threes. He's looked Thank a lot God. more comfortable. And PJ Tucker's taking step back threes. We are in big. Trouble. <laughs> and that's what he did in the beginning of the year. So, yeah. and that's what hurt them a lot. And now he's in that comfortable spot. But these. Regardless, P.J. Tucker did care. I mean, Paul Reed is nine minutes in. I noticed he was in there because he was caring, going for rebounds, all that kind of stuff. Melton has cared. You need people to go get those defensive rebounds. Offensive rebounds killed this team down the stretch, especially in the third quarter when Harden, they would cut it to three points, and then Harden would miss a three. And then they go back, they'd miss one or two shots, they get two offensive rebounds, and then nail a three, and then just end all momentum. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like every time this team had momentum, the fans stood up. Immediately after, they'd hit a three and just quiet everything down. Every single time. I don't think there was a time where Sixers fans were standing on the, on their feet for more than three possessions. Yeah, it was bad. No, I didn't. I didn't even think about that either until like all momentum's gone. Yeah, exactly. And when the the f- home crowd is out of it, as the away team, that that's got to give you so much like fucking Darth Vader energy, <laughs> like fucking JJ Redick back in his Duke days. Um, so how do you think Game Four goes? I think that Harden just needs to be a lot more aggressive. I think we'll see him come out more aggressive, and I think that we'll stop seeing the Tyrese Maxey reverse layup that he got blocked four times in in that game. Like, he was three for nine from three in this game, which is his best three-point shooting all year against the Celtics, which is still not even that good. Yeah. Um, Especially for being at home. And then he shot five other shots that were inside, and I think four of them were blocked. Yeah. So it's just tough, and I don't think that we'll see that reverse layup anymore. I think that Tyrese will see a lot more floaters. He took one floater. It didn't get blocked, and it looked clean. It just didn't fall. Um, I think that this team becomes a lot more aggressive. I think that they find a way to stop having Joel in the outside three-point range. Let him post up in the paint because if he's in the paint, it makes it a lot harder for them to double him, and he could easily pass it out if Horford comes behind his back. That was one thing that the Celtics did very well, uh, mind you, immediately after in Joel's blind spot, swarming him because he never saw it coming. And he definitely wanted to play hero ball. There was a lot of three-on-one, four-on-one opportunities. My dad even said, there's three people open up around the perimeter. I get people aren't making them, but have some trust. And he's shown that he had trust. He made some passes, but hero ball doesn't always help. That's what didn't help the Suns in games one and two against the Nuggets. Um, so Joel, I mean, his passing has been a lot better this year. And I think that what we're going to see a lot more is that kind of fourth game that we saw in the regular season against the Celtics when they started to double-team him, he immediately swung it to P.J. Tucker in the corner. Something like that, where there will be a lot more passing, and there was good passing moments when they immediately scored, and of course Celtics went down and scored also, but I think you'll see a lot more aggressive passing, and I agree with you. The half-court offense needs to stop. It's a dying breed in basketball. You need to go fast, and yeah, you can slow it down here and there, but I get it. Harden's it, a half-court player. It, but yeah, in, needs the, to in the playoffs, you're always going to need half-court offense because there's always going to be moments where you need a guy to get a bucket. It's just so slow. I I know it's slow, but like sometimes that works because take game one for instance. Like you're the Sixers, you have the lead. Harden's playing out of his mind. We want to limit the Celtics' possessions as much as possible. So you got to kind of like slow it down. Like let's get one shot. If we go one and done, sure, but let's use up as much of that 24-second shot clock as much as we can. 
I would like to see Melton handle the ball a little bit more. I would like to see him be more of a playmaker. They have him in a shooting guard spot that I don't think is fit for him. Yeah, and I think, like, as much as I love Tyrese, like, he needs still some time to develop that playmaking side of him. And I think he is better when he's getting those those passes off the wing and then he just, like, takes it, cuts, or that opens up his step-back jumper. Great fire three, stuff like that. Exactly, and I think, like, Tyrese is really going to have to step up. We know that for a fact. And I think Harden will be – Harden will be aggressive. Harden will be awesome. I think he'll have a huge bounce back performance. It's just a matter of like, let's like kind of ease up on Joel's like miles. Like I agree. That, that would I be agree. nice. PJ Tucker hitting shots is honestly kind of good. Cause like he was already a dog before that. And now that he's hitting shots, it's only going to make him more confident. And I think him more than anyone on this team wants to shut up fucking Grant Williams and Marcus smart <laughs> more than anyone. I think he's so sick of it. And hopefully that translates to the rest of the team. And, whether that happens or not, who knows? Yeah. Um, what do you think? Who do you th- who do you think wins? Do you think the Sixers bounce back? I think the, the Sixers, regardless, there's no other answer besides them winning. They know that they have to win this game. I think that the Sixers do win this game. I mean, you mentioned I can pull it up here. Yeah. With Harden shooting threes on the year against Boston, he's 23 for 60, which is 38. percent But if you get rid of an 0 for 6 and a 2 for 7, so what? That's minus 13 and minus 2. So let me do quick math. 21. And then 60 minus 13, that would be 47 divided by 47. That is 45% from three on the year against Boston, getting rid of these two games. He's been really good. I mean, he's had a 35-point game, which was the first game of the year, which they shouldn't have lost. I mean, Tyrese, Joel, and him all played well, and they just didn't get it from the bench because the bench wasn't getting it and doing it yet. They didn't have Jaden McDaniels, who – he looked really bad in those first couple games, especially in the playoffs, but he cared yesterday. So I like what he's doing. But this team is able to shoot against them. Boston has found the blueprint the past two games to guard Harden. Adapt. You need to be adaptable in this league. And I think that you're right. Harden has an amazing game. I mean, Tyree shoots 25% from three against Boston on the year. That needs to change. Yeah. Um, I think that he'll shoot probably four threes and maybe make two of them. Uh, he seems to so shoot. Tyrese Maxey, two plus three is betters. There's a go. I think that is a. I think that's a decent prop. <laughs> that's a him. decent prop. I'll take it. That's so, part of Charles Barkley's Fanduel. Fanduel. He's been wrong life. on everything <laughs> so far. Like, there was one. He was like, that Ernie was like, Chuck, what do you think about this? And he was just like, No, no. Will Jalen no. Brown scored twenty five plus points. Yeah. And he has like twenty one in the first half, and he's just there, like, Well, I'm wrong again. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just, but yeah, yeah, it's. I think that the Sixers do even up the series because I'll, I do as well. Because I think Joel Embiid, whenever his back has been up against the wall in a big time spot, he's come out. Whether it's a an ABC game against Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets, whether it's uh, a game against Giannis, whatever it may be. Hell, even you can even go back to like the that one thirteen one ten loss earlier this season, that April fourth game. Like that was a, a down to the wire game that the Sixers easily could have won and at least tied if there were 0.2 seconds more on the game clock and Joel hits that miracle shot. I don't think that the Celtics are as like this Goliath that people will make them out to be. They when are deep, when, but they are they're beatable. They're the epitome of live by the three, die by the three. They're, yes. they're, they're the team. The Celtics are the team that everyone thought the Warriors were back in the day. Like Everyone thought, like, oh, this is what happens when you take the Warriors' approach. And that's what happens with the Celtics. In game one, they weren't hitting their threes. In games two and three, they have been. If the perimeter defense is better, hell, throw out Daniel House out there. Throw out Shake Milton. I understand, Doc, like you got your rotation guys, but 
you need to adapt. You need to do something in order to give Boston a different look. I mean, Paul Reed could even somehow keep up with Jalen Brown. He was guarding him earlier on in uh, yesterday's game, and I think he did a pretty well j- job enough. He's fast enough to stay in front of him. Do I want him on him? No. No, 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 no. He's even a good perimeter defender that I like him out there because he's fast. I mean, don't get me wrong, Joel's lateral speed looked very good in this last game, but if you need a, a stop by the three, I'm more than comfortable of Paul Reed staying out there and guarding their three-point shooters. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm not worried about it. Let's just say that. I mean, I agree with you with the house sighting, stuff like that. That would be interesting to see. Something needs to change. Something needs to change. I think that there's a lot of pick and roll, everybody standing around no cutting. Yeah. That is something that's always been a worry in this offense. I mean, everyone's just standing around watching when Joel and Harden are at the top. And what are they going to do? People can just sit in passing lanes, staying in gap, and you're not going to fit to pass in there. And that's what leads to the Harden turnovers. He tries to fit it in gaps that just it won't succeed. And then eventually it leads to turnovers and them getting quick transition points. I mean, off his two turnovers in the first half, uh, first quarter in the beginning of the game for yeah. Harden, they hit immediately two threes in a row down by ten. But even those, even those early possessions, like there were moments of like guys just cutting at the wrong time. Yeah, and I think that's really everything gonna, out of sync. Yeah, and I think that's really going to kind of get cleaned up. And maybe people, maybe this team thought like, oh, Joel's fully back, we'll be good. That would be a cakewalk. Yeah, exactly. It's not. So and it, and even so, like let's say they do even up the series two two, I still think like the Sixers' chances of winning two out of three because now Joel's kind of in his rhythm. He, he's at least u- more used to game condition. Than he than he was in games three game three at least, I kind of still like the Sixers' chances as much as like people want to say like Boston Boston Boston. Sure, maybe I'm just being an optimist and I'm just being like in total denial. But I after seeing what can happen in game one, it's not impossible. I agree, and if you can have Harden just do ten percent of what he did in game one, seriously, that's all you really need. So uh, what do you think the final fan. score is going to be? A final score, I feel like. There's been a lot of defense towards the end of the stretch. I feel like the Sixers are going to find out a way to hit more threes. I, I'm feeling like a 118 to 110 score. Ooh, um, I kind of like that. I think that that would – I mean, I am the score predictor. You are here. the score predictor. You I got the Super Bowl. Well, you get the Super, <laughs> Super Bowl. Super Bowl right, the whiteout right. Um, I believe I got the Penn State-Michigan score right, which was painful. That was pain. Um, that was pure pain. And then um, there was one more Steelers score that I got right because I'm a Steelers fan. But – there, <laughs> there's been. I'm a score. I haven't gotten any um, basketball scores right because I haven't predicted them. But mm. I, I'm feeling like a 118-110, or even maybe if like they blow them out, like a 118-100 score. Dude, that would be great. <laughs> that would be. I, I just need a sound win where my heart rate isn't going up like 20. percent I, I for these games, I've been like on the floor, just like yelling <laughs> into the carpet. My grandma was over yesterday. I was like. <laughs> Dude, after that Melton, that Melton three-pointer when it first didn't count, I was screaming. And I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this bullshit? A four four to ten-point swing from Scott Foster, by the way. Yeah, seriously. Because they they got an out-of-bounds play that it was an easy pass in for Horford for three. which And that would have cut it down to what, four? That that was four, but then they decided no, so they gave him out-of-bounds. But even if they go to the Melton making him three, they have to go up the court in four seconds to make a three, which isn't going to happen. Yeah, exactly. So that's four points at half versus seven, which is still huge. I mean, they lost by 12, but that's still big momentum going into half. Yeah, it's always one of those those domino effects of, like, what if – this play happens and then this cuts down. Then I don't even fault them for that three though, because like that was, he literally released it point 
won. Yeah. So like that, I, still, I don't fault them, but like, it just is unfortunate. Yeah, it's just it's different when you go into the locker room and it's like it's like oh they reviewed it, and gave it to us. It's like what? Okay, that's cool. Yeah, we're down by yeah. seven of the time. Cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna predict 121, 114 Sixers W. They just need to hit the threes. They can't be shooting 25, 30% from three. Hopefully. I, th- I think that that's the biggest thing. And I have in my notes 32 times in the first half, I hate Marcus Smart. I effing hate Marcus Smart. And I think he is such a dirty player. They call oh, absolutely. it hustle plays. Diving at Joel's knee for the ball is not a hustle play. That's you making a half hustle play and also trying to go into his knee. It's it's not a hustle play at the end of the day. I hate him. And, like, my dad always says, like, oh, I bet you love them if they're on your team. I wouldn't love if Marcus Smart was on my team because I hate the way he plays basketball. I, I Yeah. that's. I'm that, not a flopping guy. I hate it. And, yeah, he can show up, and he only shows up against the Sixers because whenever I look at his other box scores, he's horrible against other teams. I guarantee you, like, 60% of his points on the year, only in four games, are against the Sixers. Yeah, basically. I just dislike him. Him and his green hair, opposite of a Smurf hair. It's so frustrating. Well, that does for all of us at the Black and Blue Pod, dude. Man, what a, what an impact on your first first episode! Wow, you just came out came out like hard and dropped at forty five there. Uh, yeah. So thank you all for tuning in. We will catch you in the next episode. Thank you.